welcome back to the What's Your Christian Do podcast, the show that brings a Christian perspective on events occurring today. I'm your host, Jim Richardson. Today we're going to be finishing up our discussion on the church. Today we're going to be discussing the biblical dynamics of the church life and how those dynamics should affect our lives and how we should react today as Christians. So let's talk about that. Hello and welcome back to the What Should Christian Do podcast. Again, I'm your host, Jim Richardson. I've got my notes here. Um, got some scripture reading, got some scripture references uh, we're going to read through. And today we're going to be finishing up the church, the discussion on the church, the, the biblical dynamics of church life. That being said, not only for the church life, but also in a Christian's life, because as a Christian, we are part of the church, Ecclesia, as we discussed in the previous episode. If you haven't checked that out, go back and check it out. Ecclesia means the ones that are called out. I got my coffee here. I'm in my kitchen here recording on this uh, little microphone here. Not the best in the world, but I hope the point gets across. You know, I've been on a genealogy kick here for a while now. I've been discussing uh, with mom about, you know, my family tree and all that stuff. It's kind of interesting to to get into that. I've come across some a few surprises, didn't expect. I uh, took the DNA test, and it's all good. Um, I got traced back so far to a grandfather of mine who came over from Germany by way of Melbourne, he only lived 41 years, and uh, last name is Metzler. Pretty interesting. If you haven't done your genealogy research or anything, that's pretty neat to get into. Kind of keeps your mind going, keeps you sharp. This podcast stuff here is pretty interesting. It's a, a lot of hard work, but I enjoy it. It gives your mind, it keeps your mind going and everything. So again, I got my Bible out right here. I got some stuff. Uh, written out, got some notes here, got my coffee, I'm ready to go. Let's talk about this. I'm going to give a, at the end of this, I'll have a couple of Bible, or not Bible, but book references that uh, I think are pretty good books to pick up and order off Amazon. Might be cheaper if you have a local Christian bookstore or however you can get them. I'm going to read a, a quote out of uh, one of the books I recommend getting from Nine Marks Ministries. It's written by Mark Dever on what is a healthy church. So what is a healthy church? Well, we got to figure out what a church is and, it, and what it isn't. In chapter two, I'm just going to read the introduction. It says, um, no doubt these are tough questions of what we should ask for in the church and as Christians today are looking for all sorts of things in a church. What does the Bible say about the church? That's what we're going on. And so we need to figure out what the groundwork is. If we need to figure out what the church should do and it needs to do, we need to have a little bit of groundwork here. And that's why I'm going over just a few, these two episodes here on the church 
Now, this isn't an exhaustive study by no means, because like I said, I am I'm not a pastor. I'm just a regular guy seeing how things are changing uh, in the world around me. So we need to get to the biblical dynamics of the church. So the biblical dynamics of the church is you need to be devoted to Christ. One, you need to be devoted to scripture. You need to be devoted to one another is one of the most important because like the church, I'm going to read a few things out of the book of Acts in the early church was devised mostly. And it already, and it just is individuals that are saved. They're saved individuals. Devoted is a Greek word that carries the idea of steadfast dedication and preserving affection. Dedication. So when you're devoted to Christ, the early church, um, we read here in Acts chapter 2 about being devoted. Okay, our main is going to be in chapter 2. Our main little scripture readings is going to be in verses 41 and 42. There's a lot in these two verses. We're going to try to break them down just a little bit. It's not an exhaustive list by no means, but it's a but it's a small uh, snippet of, of what uh, is in the early church. We also need to be devoted to prayer and one another. So, again, uh, it's important and is obvious to note that the first uh, church was composed of saved individuals. Saved individuals is a person who has a believer in Jesus Christ and is saved. That are saved individuals. Because too many modern churches are, dem- uh, how can you say, dominated by unbelievers. Now, are some believers going to be in the church? Of course they're going to be in the church. But we need to figure out how to, as a church, to minister to these people. Some even face many of uh, attention on appealing to unbelievers. So a lot of churches, they let go of devoting to one another as fellow members and believers, and they put everything towards unbelievers. Should they do that? They should uh, look at the needs for the unbelievers that are coming into church, but they cannot neglect the believers that are in the church because we have to be devoted to Christ, devoted to Scripture, to one another, and in prayer. But that doesn't fit the biblical model a lot of times. Why? Because the churches today, as I said in the previous episode, that the churches have gone to the point to where they will just do anything to get people into the congregation, to get any able body into their building. I mean, they do some crazy stuff just to attract people. You know, the Bible says, you know, people want to be tickling of the ears. That's what people want, but that's not what we need. We need scripture. We need to hear the word of God being preached in the pulpits faithfully all right so and a way uh, so we have uh, one another so we want to be devoted to christ and everything that we do so i'm going to read in a scripture here um in first thessalonians uh chapter 1 verses 2 to 10 this is devoting to christ here here's what it is it says we give thanks to god always for you for all of you constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before 
our God and Father, your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you become an example to all the believers of Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord uh, sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has come forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. We need to be devoted to Christ. And that's what Paul was saying in Thessalonians is we need to be we need to be devoted to Christ in this Christ centered committed to both morally and doctrinally pure. But the purpose of the church is to uh, serve to edify and equip the saints as they join together in corporate worship through congregational singing, prayer, the teaching of God's words, and the observance of the ordinance. Now, when we read, I'm going to read in here Acts chapter 2 and verses forty. 1 and 42 is our main one. So right now we have chapter 2. Um, in my Bible here, I'm reading out the New American Standard here. Um, so we've had the day of Pentecost coming in, and then Peter's going to be uh, having a sermon. And so when the Peter in the sermon is, after the sermon, in verse 37, he says, Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. That's what the Word of God does. It pierces a person in the heart. And in verse 38, and Peter said to them, repent. Okay, that means the turning away from your sin and yourself and trusting in Christ and Christ alone. For the promise, verse 39, just skimming through it to get to 41. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off and as many as the, as the Lord our God shall call to himself. Verse 40, and with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept and exhorting them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. That's what's going on. This is a perverse generation that you see what's going on. It is, it's unfolding in front of us. The apostasy of everything that's going on. I mean, just it's running rampant. Verse 41, one of our key verses here. Verse 41, Acts chapter 2, 41. So then those who had received his word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. Verse 42. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowshipping, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So, devoted. We have to be devoted to Scripture. And that devoted to Scripture in verse 42 is the, the churches that devoted uh, themselves to apostles' teaching. A commitment to the apostles' teaching is the essential to the spiritual development and well-being of all believers. Romans 12, 2, you know, the renewing of your mind. 
we have to be renewed of our mind as Christians. You know, I, I can't harp on this enough that the church, we have to figure out what the church should be and what it needs to do. And that church is the people. And the churches that neglect the preaching of God's word leave their people spiritually malnourished, Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. I mean, they, it, it's obvious, even in the Old Testament, what the church should do and how the church should be. So, now that we got devoted to Christ, we also, uh, we read that in Thessalonians too. We need to be Christ's holiness in 1 Thessalonians. So, now we get to the point to where we need to be devoted to one another. Christ, uh, be Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 42, again. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostleship Apostles' teaching and to the fellowshipping of the breaking of their bread to prayer. Devoting one another. Devoted to fellowship. Fellowship. The, the, Greek, the Greek connotation here is referring to the sharing or partnership. And if we look over here to Hebrews chapter 10. Let me get to my Bible here. So Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 24 through 25. And let us consider... How to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We have to be devoted to one another. We have to be encouraging to one another. First John chapter 1 verse 3. Look at that. The Christian life is not to be lived in isolation, but in constant communion with Christ and his people. That is what the church needs to be also, is devoted to one another. Now lastly, we need to be devoted to prayer. The church should be devoted to prayer. Let's look at John chapter 14, the Gospel of John chapter 14. Let me skip over here. You can probably hear my pages turning here a bit. John chapter 14, verses 13 through 14. And it reads, And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. We need to be devoted to prayer. We need to pray constantly in prayer. We need to pray with believers. We need to, we need to pray for our believers. We need to pray for the lost. Like I said in the previous episode, we need to pray for the lost for evangelizing we need to pray for the people we're going to be equipping to go out to spread the gospel news we have to do that acts chapter one i'm going to read just a few more verses here i'm just going to give you a list of verses here i'm not going to go through every single one of them acts chapter one and verse four and verse 24 and togethering together he commanded them not to leave jerusalem but to wait for the Father and promised and had promised which he said you heard from me. In verse 24, this is corporate prayer. And they prayed and, and said, Thou Lord, who knowest the hearts of all men, show which one of these thou hast chosen. This is corporate prayer. Chapter 4, we can look at chapter 4 as far as some more corporate prayer. 24 through 31. 
read that. This is corporate prayer. That's what we need to be devoted to as well in that. So the same priority ought to mark the church today. These priorities, we need to be devoted to Christ. We need to be devoted to Scripture, to one another. And we need to be devoted to prayer. That's what we need to do. So then you may ask me, how does that fit today and what's going on? Well, the church should be actively involved in discipling people, to evangelizing the lost, to praying for these people, praying with these people, praying with local believers, being in a local church. Hebrews 10.25, we can't be lazy at this stuff. We have to take a stand on Scripture. We have to take the stand. It's hard. There's going to be some kind of persecution. I know there's going to be. John MacArthur said, if the Word of God offends, let it offend. Because it's the Word of God, it is truth. And it's always going to be truth. Now, I think how things are going today, if we can't seem to learn from the past, like they always say, we're destined to repeat the past. There's a quote that John MacArthur said in his book for biblical doctrine or systematic theology. He put, though the church should demonstrate love and compassion toward unbelievers, it must never embrace them as part of the fellowship until they repent and believe the gospel. By God's design, the church is an assembly of redeemed worshipers who together are growing in Christ-likeness, holiness. Those who would attempt to turn it into something else, even in the name of evangelism, do so in contradiction of what Scripture teaches. I want to give a few book references uh, that I mentioned earlier that I was going to do. There's one here called What is a Healthy Church by Mark Dever, Nine Marks Ministries. Get them on Amazon. Oh, for around 12, 13 bucks, something like that. Maybe on sale. By now, I haven't checked prices. They have a bigger version, uh, the real thick book, but I, I have the real thin one here. It's got like a crossroads sign on it that says, What is a Healthy Church? That's a good one to read as far as what to look for in a church, what the church should do as church members, what they should do in their local congregation, their lo- local church. Another book to get is a really, really good one. It is John MacArthur's Christ's Call to Reform the Church. It's talking about the churches in Revelation. It's really good information on how we should approach some things, on what the church, uh, what Christ is calling the church to do. I think it's a way to keep us as believers in the church accountable in a lot of ways. So those are my two book recommendations for this time. Um, I'll try to give some more book recommendations in the future. Really good books to read. Um, you can kind of see where I'm kind of getting some information, some trains, train of thought on, um, on what's going on in the podcast. So again, I want to thank you listening to my podcast and this journey that I'm going on. And I hope to have you along with me on this journey. Have a blessed day.
again, I want to thank you for tuning in to episode two of What Should Christian Do podcast. I've got set aside a, a friend of mine who wants to do an interview with me, and I'll be more than happy to. It may not be the next episode, but maybe the next episode after that. Got to get some logistics set aside to get him on here and all that good stuff. So, again, thank you for tuning in. And we'll, we'll be back next month with another episode and we'll be diving into some of the things that are happening today and what we should do as Christians. Thanks. Have a blessed day.